Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or depending on when you're listening, good afternoon or good evening. This is Drinks with Dub. I'm your host, N-Dub, a.k.a. Dub City. Thank you for tuning in and playing along with me and allowing me into your home, your car, the gym, the kitchen, work, if you're not supposed to be, you know, listening to the podcast, but you are anyway, wherever it is you decide to listen. I appreciate it. Thank you for thank you for doing that. If you have not already done so, like I tell you every week, go ahead and hit that button on your listening platform that gives you the option to like, subscribe, follow, various instructions, whatever it is that it tells you to do. Go ahead and do that so you can stay in the loop and be notified when new episodes are available. Because if you've done that already, you'll realize that this Episode is dropping on a Wednesday instead of a Saturday. Uh, I've decided to move things around. I've been dropping on Saturdays for God as long as I can remember, but kind of watching the watching the statistics and the plays and listens. Most of the listens seem to be happening during the week, so I'm going to try that out for a while. Maybe play around with some different days, but. Be that as it may, it will still be coming, so turn those notifications on so you don't miss it. Now, if you also haven't already done so, go hit me up on various forms of social media. There'll be a link in the description of this podcast that'll get you to all those places, wherever you want to go, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Instagram. I don't know if my Twitter's on there. I don't really use Twitter that much. Uh, the YouTube page is on there. I've not used it yet, but that is coming soon, I promise. But go ahead and like, follow, subscribe, whatever it is that those social media platforms tell you to do so you can stay in the loop and you can have some fun in between episodes. And now, since we got that out the way, this is part two of my conversation that I had with Miss Rachel Vogt from A Good Girl's Guide 2. Uh, she's actually been here three weeks in a row now. This is, uh, this is the third week in a row that she has been on the podcast. Uh, it was not intended that way, but that's just how it, how it worked itself out. Uh, we had two really good conversations that I planned on having with her, and we had those conversations, but this one ended up running longer than we anticipated, so we got broken up into two parts. So last week, you got part one, and mathematically speaking, that lets you know that this week you're getting part two. So thank you, uh, thank you for listening and tuning in if you're keeping up with it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the second part of that conversation. There will be a link in the description as well for Rachel's social media platforms and all that. So you can stay in touch with her and find out what she's got going on. If you haven't already done so, you can listen to the previous episodes and learn more about her. But she is here once again. And we've had a conversation that it's going to be a little while before she's back on the show because it kind of feels like she's taken over my show. She's been on three weeks in a row. Like, you know, hey, let's let's take a break with this. But uh, but uh, that's all fun and games. Uh, I love her to death. Great conversation, as always. Hope you enjoy it. So here is part two of that conversation. And without further ado, go ahead and hit my music. (laughs) 
there's so much in Hollywood right now about racial equality and diversity in entertainment and movies and such things. And so like right now I've, I've seen several times the conversation about uh, James Bond. Oh yeah. And there's people, the internet, I don't know how big this group of people is, you know what I mean? That seem to want Idris Elba to be the next James Bond. And so there's the conversation being had, but not really being had of whether James Bond can be black. And so I sit back and I look and I'm just kind of like, one, does it matter if James Bond (laughs) is black or not? Yeah. And two, what if he was black? Like, would that change the character at all? Like, I would imagine if he's black, you want Idris Elba to play him. He's still going to be British. Mm-hmm. So, is like, what, yeah, are, so, what are we talking about? <laughs> yeah, it is. It is a bizarre thing that we're even having a conversation about it. In my, oh, I mean, I guess maybe I'm not as much of a James Bond fan as some other people. In, in unless I'm missing something, I don't think there's an, any integral part to the race being played in this role. Right. And this is something I there there was a conversation being had on TikTok about um, what's his name, um, you know, um, Tim Burton, the guy that did Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare Before Christmas. In that he's apparently really well known to be racist in Hollywood, and of course all these white people were like, "No, his characters just are white or whatever, whatever." And that was what people were saying was like, "Edward Scissorhands could have been black. It had it was no bearing on his race to the plot of the story." And that's what it kind of boils down to is that if it doesn't make a difference in the storyline, in, in my opinion, I take it one step further and say a positive way, unless of course you're telling a story about um, an accurate past, <laughs> then you know. What does it matter? It doesn't matter because when somebody reads a fiction book, nonfiction book or whatever, did I get it right? It's a nonfiction. It's a fiction. It's fiction, a fiction book. Fiction. Yeah. Yes. So if you're reading a fiction book, yeah, uh, it froze up there for a second, then it, it will matter what the character looks like to you, to me. It'll be different for each person who's reading it anyway and seeing the vision in their mind. So what if your person is Asian and what if my person is Russian? What if that person is from the Middle East? It doesn't matter. That plot to the, the story makes no difference on the color of the person's skin. Their skill level can be the same. The storyline can be just as magnificent and amazing. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And so like you, but I see the, I see these things cause like Edward Scissorhands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I watched, we actually watched that not too long ago. We sat and watched it with at least one of the kids, maybe both, maybe both of the older ones. I don't know. And this is this is how my mind works because I see things that you probably shouldn't see, and mm-hmm. then when I see those things, I say them, which I'm told makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> um, we sat and we watched Edward Scissors' hands, you know, and the whole plot, and you know, he's a freak, and he's got these, you know, shears for hands, and he was at first welcomed into the community, and this and that. And I'm watching this and I'm looking and I'm going, you know what? Like, they really have accepted him very easily into their community. But they ain't got no black people living in this neighborhood either. <laughs> like, how a dude with literal knives for hands make it into the neighborhood before a black dude did? <laughs> 
In a Tim Burton world. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I was like, you know what? Matter of fact, the only black person in the whole damn movie was the cops. Mm. Oh, ironic. Yeah. It's like, so, like I said, and like I said, I see those things and I don't know if I'm supposed to or not, but I do see them and I say them. And it's like, what are we talking about? So we argue about should James Bond be black, but we don't have much of a conversation at all until it's over with. We're going to talk about it now that the cast, you know, the big friends reunion that they had a few years ago, like you telling me in New York city, these motherfuckers ain't got one black friend Right. Or one black person that be around on a regular basis. Right. And it's like, that's your diversity issue right there is that so many times the black person is there literally to be the black person. Or it's it's mm. part of the story that there's a black person there. Or it's part of the story that there's a gay person like Will and Grace. Like, that was half the appeal of the shows that, you know... Will's gay and it's a whole thing and it's funny. It's like, you know, right now, one of the shows we're watching, we watch Legacies, which if you're not into the Vampire Diaries and all that kind of stuff, you don't know what I'm talking about, but it's a whole thing. Uh, look it up. Yeah. But two, one, one of the main, main characters on Legacies is a girl and I don't know if she's, I don't know if she's, um, gay or if she's bisexual, mm-hmm. but you know, at this current point, she has a girlfriend who then obviously same thing. I'm pretty sure the girlfriend is just gay, but I'm not sure about the main character, but you know, they're in this relationship, but it's never like the thing I love. It has never been brought up that yes. like her sexuality hasn't been brought up or talked about or, Made into it's an issue. She's part of the norm. It's is just that she was dating a guy. Exactly. It's just she's yeah. who she is, and oh, she has a girlfriend. Okay, cool. And yes. like, I think that's the diversity that we should be striving for. Like yes. that, these things are just happening normally in entertainment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and this was a TikTok that I actually saw very similar content, but it, it was equivalent of a trans character. And the person who was doing the TikTok said the same thing. It's like the trans character was just a part of the show. It wasn't the storyline that they were trans. It wasn't part of their transitioning process. They were just there. And this reminds me of one of the first times in my adult life that um, like, I really started to understand racism at a deeper level. And I might have shared this with you before, but it was like an article I was reading where some, it was like, 20 things you didn't know were racist that were or whatever. And one of them was like um, makeup foundation, the color nude being a white color. I had never put two and two together how that could hurt people. It's not even about being offensive, which it is, but it's just hurtful not seeing any representation. And one of these stinks on TikTok were white people being like, okay, we have colored band-aids now. Are you kidding me? And somebody was like, okay, you potato. This is not about like, people crying over it it's just about inclusivity the more that you're seen the more that you're validated the more that you're accepted i mean there is not going to be an actual white person in the united states in like 10 to 15 years anyway we're going to have so much mixed which is going to be beautiful that get over yourself like it just is it's it's unreal to me that they are upset about band-aids mm-hmm. 
<laughs> and then and how they probably would have never thought about that concept about your color, your skin color being accepted as the universal color of nude. Right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, there's so many like things that are subtle that I think you people just don't think about until you mm-hmm. think about them. And then when you think about them, you're like, wait a second. That doesn't, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's and, those truth bumps. It's those things where innately inside you go, that sounds more right than the thing that I was taught. Whether I was taught directly or I learned it through my culture. Yeah. That, that, that sounds more correct. And then, you know what I mean? And I think the other thing that people, people don't think about, I think some people try to think about, but it's hard. Yeah, I, I admit that it's hard. I can't, I can't think about something the same way you would think about something as a white female. Yeah, for sure. Because we'll never have the same experience. Because you're going to see it from a completely different perspective than I would as a black man. Correct. You don't see it wrong. You Correct. just see it differently. The same Correct. way I don't see it wrong. I just see it differently. And I think, Based on your perceptions of your past and your programming. Yeah, because I had a conversation not too long ago um, that I didn't. I actually didn't get to finish that conversation. I was kind of upset about that because somebody else jumped in and made it stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that. No, that's that's what happened because it was. I a, believe it. It was a, it was on a Facebook post, and you know we were commenting back and forth, and then. I didn't even get to see what was said, but something, somebody else jumped in and said something that made the guy delete the whole thing. It was like, I'm not, we're not doing that. Um, but it was a conversation about, uh, Colin Kaepernick had released his Netflix special series or whatever. And apparently at one point he had compared the, the NFL combine Mm -hmm. to the, 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 the slave auction block. Yes. And I was like, painfully huh. accurately. And I was like, huh, that makes sense. Yeah. And the other perspective on that was like, no, that's not the same thing. It's like this combine is giving you a chance to earn millions and millions of dollars and live your dream. And, you know, like you want to go there. And I'm like, yeah, I get that. But it's still basically an open air meat market. It is. Like, and yeah, sure, sure, sure. You're getting millions, but at what cost? And who are you making richer? You don't make the same amount of money, even though your body is quite literally on the line. Yeah. Brain you know, damage is on the line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like your, your, you know, your health and all these things are on the line First, you know, yes, you're going to make millions, but you're helping somebody else make billions. But, you know, my whole point about it was like, that's exactly what the NFL combine is. You know what I mean? Because there's, you know, there's four major sports in America that we consider to be the major sports, you know, football, basketball, baseball, and hockey. And they all have drafts and all of these things. But for some reason, the NFL combine is the only one that is a spectacle. It is, it's aired on television. You know, it's talked about for weeks and weeks and weeks. And it's like, but why, you know what I mean? Like I can remember a couple of years ago, uh, one of the quarterbacks coming out, like the, the sports talking heads and stuff talked for weeks leading up to the combine of how big are his hands going to be when they measure them. Mm -hmm. It's like, what? Yeah. 
And it's a bunch of, I mean, let's be honest, most teams are owned by old white men. Mm-hmm. That, so, they're gonna, it's a little uncanny. Yeah, you know what I mean? And and then it's it's funny. <laughs> it's funny to, like, people make jokes about it, but there's, you know, there's all these memes and stuff that you see pop up about showing, like, Tom Brady's picture at the Combine. Mm-hmm. And it's like, this dude didn't look like a professional athlete then. Right. You know what I mean? Like this this guy looks like he should be bagging groceries somewhere. Right. So is the combine really the is it really that important to measure all these physical attributes and all these things when I mean this guy is in the conversation for greatest of all time? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't bench press so many, you know, whatever, you know, the necessary thing is and have such hand size and this muscle mass and you know. So yeah. is it really that important? Yeah, there's a there's a lot of things that they obviously we need to redo. And this thing I was listening to today um, was talking about how we're on the verge of something new, and we have been for a little while. And I believe that to be true as well. I think that there's a great awakening between the, you know having a pandemic, between having these massive shifts in generations and the way that we're thinking about it. She said that we're in the last five minutes of what was. And that, to me, is capitalism. To me, that is, um, you know, big pharma. That's all of this shit that we're starting to understand that, especially when you watch, like, I'm not going to get, like, conspiracy theory, but you're seeing, like, the CDC changing this this requirement, and they're literally admitting because they need people to go back to work, and they're literally saying the thing out loud that they're not supposed to say, which is, we need you to make us more profits. We don't give a shit if you die. We don't give a shit if you get super sick from it. We don't care if you end up on disability because then you mean nothing to us anyway, so bye-bye-bye. It's just insane. So we're on the precipice of change, whether old white people want it to happen or not. And they, they need to brace for the impact because if they don't get their shit together and they start reprimanding themselves and really doing some personal development, they will be left behind and they will be left to fight amongst themselves for the scraps that they have left. They'll have no life skills whatsoever because they've been relying on us to be doing it for so long. And I think that, that I can only positively hope that there's a lot of us who are starting to see the shift and we're starting to feel that shift and we're starting to get those truth bumps or we're finding those random TikToks that make so much sense to us to allow for us to connect to the greater good. And I'm positive, or I want to feel positive that that is more of what we'll see in 2022 than we have in the last couple of years because everybody needs it. We just, we can't take this much more loss. True, true, you know. You know, I, you know, there's so much changing. Um, yeah. You know, and sometimes when things change, they stay the same. You know, you know, yeah. sometimes things actually change. Again, one of those things that I don't think I'm supposed to say, but <laughs> I like to say them anyway. And I want to get your perspective on it. Me, even though I'm not supposed to say this. One of the things I hate to see, it drives me crazy, is to see something that is like its whole purpose is to be the black version of something. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. I don't like yeah. it at all. Like, and I go back to like, you know, BET. Yeah. You know what I mean? And not necessarily BET itself, but like I remember like when reality TV hit and there was like the real world and, you know, these shows that are coming out on MTV and then like two, three seasons later, 
like the same show was then coming out on BET just under a different name and they're going to do it with black people. Yeah. It's like, that's not like to me, like it's a lack of creativity. So well, who, well, who do you get frustrated with about it? Black people. Okay. Uh, that's what I needed to ask. And so I can see that. I can see that. And I, I'm glad that you brought this up because one of the questions I have that I feel like is kind of sensitive and beyond my scope is I know that there's a lot of conversation about, let's say, like how Jay-Z and Beyonce just did that ad for Tiffany's and how, you know, Oprah is one of the only billionaires and how um, Rihanna also became a billionaire. And it's like this two double-edged sword because it's like something we should celebrate. We absolutely need to validate all of that hard work. And then on the other side, people are like, yeah, but all you're doing is the white people thing. So I want to get your take on that first. What do you think about black capitalism? (sighs) It's, It's interesting. It's interesting because it's like you're still playing the same game. Right. But there, there is something to be said for, for winning a game that's set up for you to lose. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I feel that way too. You know what I mean? And let's on that, on that topic, another thing that I, you know, I had a conversation with someone that um, vehemently disagreed with my take on this and (laughs) that didn't really care too much, but it's kind of like, and yeah, it's part of the problem. Um, I I don't like to be lied to. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody likes to be lied to. Well, there's times, there's time, like maybe a little white lie might be okay. Like, yeah, the food was good. Um, tell right. me that. But, you know, I don't like to be like lied to and told I'm supposed to believe it and believe that it's something that it's not. Okay. Um, sometime last year, the word came out, it was on the internet and the news cycles and blogs or whatever, that Master P and somebody else, can't remember who it was, but Master P and some like NBA player, former NBA player, that they were going to buy Adidas. And everybody, you know, I saw so many people like, yeah, you know, go, bro- look at these two brothers going to, you know, take a deep, you know, buy this huge brand and this and that. And I'm like, okay, that sounds good, but I don't think that's true. And so I did like a little bit of digging and saw like what Adidas was worth mm-hmm. and then saw and then went and looked at the net worth of Master P and this other guy combined. Yeah. And I'm like, no, they're not going to buy Adidas. They might buy a small, small percentage of Adidas. Yeah. But that does not mean Adidas is going to be black owned. Yeah. That does not mean that they are going to be in charge of Adidas. Like they are going to be paraded out in front of the cameras as the black faces of Adidas Mm -hmm. so that more white people can make more money because we think that it's now black owned when they're going to own like two, 3% of it. And it's like, yeah, that's not a knock on them. Like that's a great business deal for them, like to get this percentage and then who knows what they can turn it into. But you can't, like it's one thing to get a seat at the table, 
but you need I need you to acknowledge that somebody owns that table. Yeah. And then somebody owns that building. Yeah. So don't tell me you're on a certain level because you've made this move when I can take a step back and see that there's more moves to make. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do. I see what you're saying. And I think that that's like, that's what it is is because like for me and my perspective is, you know, from that woman perspective is that you, like you had said, you got to give them props. And I think that that's number one. And number two is that if I say, say this properly, like you got to play the game, you know, like it's, I don't think that Beyonce and Jay-Z plan on getting to the top and then forgetting about where they came from and who they are by any way, shape, or form. I think that they will have better intentions with their following and their platform than a white person ever could. Uh, it's not to say that I don't think that anybody is susceptible to power and influence um, because you've seen that happen, of course. But while we're in that last five minutes of whatever this is, it's it's still important that everybody is represented because that capability is then instilled in young people and whatever they choose to do with it, whether it become famous or, you know, do advocacy work, it still has that ripple effect. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think that, I think with the ripple effect, you know, I think, I think it's important to be honest with what the beginning of that ripple is. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's one thing that me as a black person that I get frustrated when I see things and I see celebrations being had about certain things. And I'm not upset at the celebration. I think what frustrates me is I see, in my opinion, a lack of understanding of what is actually being celebrated. Yeah, that's fair. For sure. Especially when it starts to become like either... Uh, generations or years apart from the original thing is that that's the same thing is that, you know, like what I was saying with, you know, chicken, you can say, I mean, you gave us the accurate representation. And what I've also heard is that that's rooted in racism for white people sometimes because, you know, being on a plantation, you took what you had to cook up. And that's what women of color were able to do was make some of the coolest things that you could ever want to eat with chicken that white people wouldn't even touch today. So it all kind of stems back to that intention and that, where did it come from and making sure that you understand i was trying to tell my husband where the word picnic originated from and he didn't even believe me he didn't (laughs) believe me and i'm like you don't have to but it's real it's true yeah you know what i mean um yeah it's just there's just so much going on and i don't want you know this is this is sort of you know i like this because i don't i don't often get to say things that i want to say Mm in in I get to say them, but I, I I know that I need to be careful when I say certain things sure. because I don't want to necessarily start a shit storm just because I don't want to have to deal with the shit storm. Right. So I don't say things, but this is my fucking show and I can say things. <laughs> uh, one of the things, one of the things that, you know, you're talking about, we were talking about like diversity in Hollywood and entertainment. Mm-hmm. One of the things that my people do that drives me crazy is when, uh, and it's usually not an actor. It's usually somebody who's actually not an actor. And it's a lot of time with rappers, you'll see it that when they get a movie part and then like the, the big talk is them being in this movie, like, Oh, they're going to, you know, two examples that 
come to mind off the top of my head that drove me fucking crazy when they happened was Ja Rule in the first Fast and Furious movie mm-hmm. and then T.I. in American Gangster. Gotcha. Have you you've seen both of those? Uh, I've seen the Fast and Furious. I don't think I've seen... What, what, what was the, the name of the second one you said? American Gangster with Denzel. Oh, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so, like, I'm watching, you know, I'm watching various shows and such things, and Ja Rule and T.I. at the time, they're they're on the show talking about what it was like working with Denzel and Vin Diesel and in these movies and stuff like that, and I'm thinking, like, that they're in the fucking movie. Yeah. Like, Ja Rule was in Fast and Furious for, like, 37 seconds. Yeah. (laughs) And T.I. was on screen in American Gangster for, like, seven minutes like like i thought you was one of the fucking stars like yeah Yeah. (laughs) like i'm not mad at you for being in the movie i'm mad at you for telling me that you know to expect you to have a major role in this thing like yeah like if you just told me you had a little small part i'd be like cool that's what's up like but don't get me to the theater expecting to watch you in this movie and you ain't in the fucking movie (laughs) yeah you feel like that's what it that is like part of what it is right it's like it's that lure you in yes like mm, you're gonna see what you want to see but you don't really get it yeah exactly you know what i mean Uh, like i don't like it It bothers me well because it 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 was false it was it was absolutely we need your money to support our white movie but hey by the way we're going to just sprinkle it on there i think you're going to get a little bit of representation and that's all it was was a little yeah and you know what i mean and in a movie like american gangster it wasn't even necessary like the movie's like 90 percent black anyway it's like yeah because all kind of black people in this movie like you didn't have to you didn't have to dangle ti in front of me to get come give me to see this i was gonna go see it off because of denzel like fuck i don't give a fuck if ti's in it or not like denzel got a movie coming out I'm gonna go see that, <laughs> you know. <sighs> Silly people, right? You know, it it bothers me, you know. But you know, one thing to touch on with that too is that you know, I don't know when that means. Let's say what, like that was anywhere between. Let's just roughly say ten to fifteen years ago that movie came out, right? Yeah. And now one of one of the most beautiful things that we can say is that now you can have an actor of color be somebody who does draw in box office. You know, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, very much so. Like, um. And I think part, you know, like, it's a big deal. Like, like you know, the whole the whole Black Panther thing. Oh, yeah. It was like, like, yeah, it was, like, obviously it's, it's Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But, like, watching the movie itself, it really didn't make a difference that they were black. Right. Like, it wasn't part of the story itself. Like, the story was just about black people. Like, race wasn't a part of the conversation. It wasn't a part of the problem. It wasn't part of the solution. It's just a movie. Yeah. That was one of my favorite movies. And it was just black people in the movie. Which made a billion fucking dollars. Like... Obviously, they did something. They did something right. You know what I mean? They did. And then, uh, obviously, was it last year? You know, I don't know the timeline. Last year, maybe late twenty twenty, when Chadwick Boseman died. Yeah. You know, was obviously you know that sucked. It came out of the blue, uh, which is a testament to him that he did so much going through so much and nobody knew about it. Yeah. Which 
just, you know, sidebar, those are the kind of friends I want in my life. You know, that hit nobody in his inner circle ever said anything to leak the fact that he was as sick as he was. Like, yeah. fucking, you know, Kanye can't take a piss without somebody being, you know, t- <laughs> hey, you know, hey, dog, you know, I'm pretty sure Kanye just used the bathroom and didn't wash his hands. Just want to throw that out there in case anybody cared, <laughs> you know. But yeah. then um, what was the movie he did? What was the movie that he did that he was up for an Oscar after he passed away? Oh, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't see it. But, I don't remember. But I don't remember. you know, at, at the Oscars, you know, after he had passed away, you know, he was up for Best Actor, and the promotion of the whole thing made it seem like he was gonna win the Oscar. Yeah. And then they gave like I don't remember who won. They weren't even fucking there. Don't even th- like they <laughs> weren't even there via satellite. <laughs> like that's insane. It's like, I didn't even know about all that jazz. I've kind of detached a little bit from that side of the Hollywood stuff. But yeah, I mean, that, yeah. I mean the Oscars and the Oscars and all that kind of stuff. That's a whole nother conversation. Like that's yeah. not even just a diversity conversation. That's yeah. A, that's a uh, that's a f- conversation for film in general. Like yeah. what the fuck are you giving these Oscars out for? Why you know, like yeah. it's a, like fucking Leonardo DiCaprio, like all the huge movies and great roles that Leo has played over the years and never won an Oscar, and he wins an Oscar for a movie that nine people saw. Mm. It's like, but it's that like you have to make a certain kind of movie to get an Oscar these days. Well, I mean, they also just pay for those votes anyway, so. Mm. You know, no big deal. True, 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 true. But, uh, but yeah, like, all in all, like, I think these are the conversations that people need to try to be having amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can, if you can find somebody to have these conversations with, you can then, you can take that information, take that perspective, and let it marinate and mix in with what you already thought and what you believed and. Maybe it shifts a little bit and then you can take that out into the world and it ripples. Yeah, I am often surprised. Well, and I mean, I was in this position, you know, in the beginning of personal development too, not really knowing or understanding that there was a different way. Um, but it just, it's, it's sad that the people are, have not been gifted with that knowing and ability that it opens you up to more. You actually don't lose anything by having that conversation or learning something new about yourself or shifting something about yourself more importantly when it feels right to do it it's just they know i mean people do you know intuition is something we are born with and we're just taught not to pay attention to it for a myriad of different reasons but you know that's that shift i hope is coming in 2022 when you can start listening to your gut you will really really be able to see people as people before you see color Mm -hmm. um yeah, because like you said, people, you know, people know and there's all sorts of things going on that you just have to kind of open your eyes to. Yeah. If you open your eyes to things, you'll see a lot um, and you'll understand it more once you start mm-hmm. to, once you see it and know that it's there, you'll start to think about it. Um, perfect, perfect example that, you know, 
that you, okay, let me ask you this. How many times in your life have you been one of less than a handful of white people in a group, like oh, a large, God. a large group? Nah, never. I've never been a minority in a room. I mean, as a woman, yes, but I don't think of color that I could ever think of. Okay. So very, it like, it was very brief. It was less than a minute that this conversation took place. But the LAX airport before, you know, within hours of me meeting you, you know, getting on the plane and, you know, you getting me breakfast and let me know your thoughts on R. Kelly. Like <laughs> just prior to that, uh, me and Charles, who was another guy in our group when we went to Australia. Oh yeah. I remember Charles. We had like a very brief conversation because both of us knew exactly where we were coming from of being thankful that we weren't the only black person. Oh uh, Yeah. You know what I mean? And it like, it wasn't like, I don't, you know, I, I, nothing, nothing happened on that trip that made us bring up race again. You know Thank what I mean? God. Like nothing, you know, there was nothing said or done or I was never made to feel uncomfortable. I don't think Charles was either. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But going into the trip by like, you know, I think, once we kind of got settled at some tables or once I got settled because you guys were already there, I think I had to catch a connecting flight from a different yeah. place. And so it was just very brief. And it was like, you know, a very, no, you know, very knowing thing. Like, Hey, you know, glad to see you. I'm like, yeah, you know, <laughs> like, cool. Like it's just a thing that happens. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if you'll pay it, like if you'll pay attention to it, if you, if you'll open your eyes and see it when you go into like, public settings, bars, restaurants, or, you know, social events where there are very few black people, you will catch, you'll catch us a lot of times, even complete strangers, catch each each other's eye just for a brief moment and just a knowing, you know, we're here. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is crazy because, like we were saying earlier, that's something I will never be able to know. You yeah. know, like, just that small simplicity of, whew, I guess. Is yeah. What it, what yeah, it it's just, like. yeah, it's just, yeah, it's like a, you know, it's like a sigh of relief almost. It's like an acknowledgement that, yeah, you know, hey, if shit goes all the way left here, you know, there's, you know, I may have some backup or a witness to, you know, what, you know. Yeah. Or something, you know, and it's something that it's something that Britt pointed out to me, like, because I think I did it, I always did it sort of subconsciously, but she would notice when it happened. Like I would mm-hmm. sort of, you know, be at a, you know, we'd be out at a bar somewhere and, you know, it's predominantly white and there's, you know, five black people there and me and another black dude would just sort of, you know, nod at each other and she'd be like, you know him? I'm like, no, nah, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we're connected. Yeah, we we are. We are, we are now officially connected for the next few hours. 
Well, and you know what's beautiful about that is that I would I would probably argue that a lot of people, ha- like women probably have that too, and the only people that are really missing out on that is white men, you know? It's just like, it's sad that it kind of benefits us in that regard to have that connection innately as humans, that they don't have that because they're always, you know, thinking that they're the best in the room because they have the most privilege. Right. Yeah. Maybe someday. One day. When these five yeah. minutes are up. That's right. That's almost, <laughs> I'm excited. Tick tock goes the clock. But That's right. But yeah, like, thank you, you know, thank you for doing this show with me. Uh, thank you for being just a friend in general. Uh, thank you for being willing to ask me questions. You know, I love to give people answers and love to give my opinion. So, it's always yeah. a pleasure if somebody reaches like, because I'm told that people don't always want my opinion, which, you know. That's a sad day. It makes me sad. Everybody's, it, it should make you sad, you know. Like, <laughs> I struggle with this innately. I don't know if this is something that you can relate to is that, you know, like, one of the things I think I struggle with is not being enough. Like, I always think that my value and worth is a problem. But I truly believe that my fear is really being too much. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think I do. I think I, one of my struggles is not, I don't, I don't want to, I never want to come across like I know it all. Like that's one of my, that's one of my big things. And that's a, that's a conversation for a whole nother episode, but (laughs) it's like, that's, that's deep rooted insecurity and, you know, whatever, but like pet peeve of mine, pet peeve is hearing people pronounce words incorrectly. (laughs) And it, it has always been that way with me to the point that like my mom has told me and told the story that as a child, like four or five years old, that she had to stop me from correcting adults when they would say things wrong. Hilarious. I like that. <laughs> and so I'm still that way today. Like, if I hear you say something wrong, like, there's a part of me that wants to correct you. <laughs> well, but, yeah, we, we, we can tackle that. We can tackle that on a different conversation for yeah, another day. Yeah. yeah. But like I said, that's a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Um, anything you want to close out with? Um, I want not, not really. I just wanted to thank you because I just, I really do feel like I am so grateful, um, to have an allyship in you and you're such a good friend to me. I'm so lucky that we've been able to maintain a friendship, even though the distance is so far apart and I'm taking a break from my podcast uh, at the moment. So it was really nice to be on this podcast and having such an important conversation, I think. And I hope that other people will, you know, be able to find somebody that they can talk about these things with, or at least find an avenue to have the hard conversations to ask because it's important. That's where the work happens. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. You know, the only, be- the only, it's, it's an old saying, but the only stupid question is the one you don't ask. Yeah. You know, well, and I actually just heard a quote today from Tony Robbins that said the quality of your life is in, is in the quality of questions that you ask. And I just was like, damn, that's so true. That's good. Yeah. That is good. Um, but you know, if that's, if that's all, you know, once again, thank you for being here. Um, you'll be back at some point, I'm sure. Uh, this is, this is lots of fun. Uh, 
thank all you guys for tuning in and listening and playing along. Uh, hopefully you took something from it. Uh, take it and let it marinate and settle and, you know, take it out into the world and let it ripple. Or maybe you just like hearing me rant about some of the shit I ranted about because yeah. I tend to do that. And lots of times I think it's entertaining. You may agree. You may not agree. But either way, <laughs> thank you for thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'll be back next week with something. I don't know what yet, but I'll be back next week with something and we'll do we'll do another show and we'll have some more fun. Uh, hit me up on social media. Hit Rachel up on social media. Those links will be in the uh, description of the episode. So just click and follow and get where you need to get. And uh, check her out. Hit, get her services if you need them. Or just take some enjoyment and sit on the sidelines and watch and learn. And I dig it. That's all I got. And if that's all she's got, I guess we're going to wrap this thing up. And I'll see you next week. And nothing yeah, else. Happy February. Happy February. Happy Black History Month. We won't even. I'm. You know what? I don't know if this counts or not, but I am not. I'm gonna not complain about the fact that Black History Month is the shortest month. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say maybe next time we have this conversation, we'll be celebrating it full full year. I mean, yeah, we need to. We need to, but we'll get there. Baby steps, yeah. people. Baby steps. Thank yeah. you for tuning in. Thank you for playing along. Hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back next week. Rachel, thank you for being here. And people, like I always tell you, if you knew better, you'd do better. Peace. Woo.